Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, hello, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, welcome to Archery Unfiltered, episode two. This episode is going to be a special one because I am going to try and help you guys get prepared for the CBHSAA State Field Champ. Or was it Champion State? It's a field round for the state championship. That's right. You guys are all going back to Reading for one more event. Uh, if you're going to try to win the, the state field championship in whatever your given class is. Um, it'll be more fun, I promise you, this episode will be more fun than watching one of your close friends garden on Instagram. Uh, in this episode, I will cover your benchmark and how to achieve it. Or This is like a general benchmark. You know, Everyone has their own benchmark. You might be higher than where I set this one. Uh, I kind of look at benchmarks over like there's a a list for handicaps so you can see what the 1500 that everyone wants at reading what that kind of equates to in a field round um i'll go over that later but anyway i'll like loosely go over the rules i'm not going to cover stuff that you guys should already know like shooting extra arrows or getting mulligans you know because that that doesn't exist on the state field championship at least it should. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I've never gotten to use that stuff. So anyway, uh, we'll go, I'll go over scoring, right? For people that are like hardcore safari guys that don't do field archery, I'm pretty sure everyone knows how to score a field round. But just in case, if you're new, you're getting into it, you know, I'll, I'll go over scoring for you. I'll try and be nice. Um, I'm going to go over what I do to prepare uh, or what I have done to prepare for field rounds in the past. I've shot a handful of big uh, field tournaments. I've done the state field championship. I've done the national field championship uh, with NFAA. I think it was in, I want to say Yankton. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'll tell you guys how I prepared for these events. Uh, I think of myself as a field archer because the what really hooked me in archery was field archery uh it's a, just such a fun fun avenue of archery um anyway uh, i'm kind of getting sidetracked here and then i'll talk about predictions who i think is going to win the state field championship for california uh, i should like really clarify this california it's not oregon it's not washington it's not you know texas or beaverton or wherever um so those are the five things I'll cover, all right? Um, so one, the benchmark. Two, the rules. Three, the scoring. Four, what you need to do to prepare to shoot your best or better than you have been. And five, predictions. Um, first, I like to go over, like, before the benchmark thing, I just want to go over some addendums or corrections from the last podcast. I originally said that I won Reading as an amateur with a fifteen twenty four. And that's not true. That is indeed a lie. I actually won Reading with a 1529. So it's very close to getting that 1530. But it also means that maybe the bar hasn't gotten taller, you know, or it hasn't gotten harder. I've just gotten a little shorter and I've just gotten a little weaker is all. <laughs> also, uh, a good friend of mine who is now more of a fisherman than an archer, uh, he listened to episode one and he said it was full of bullshit. And he said the reason why is because it was full of bullshit is because in the past I've been known to change things like the day of an event. Um, most of the time – and this is true. This is true. I have not done things that significantly change my point of impact though. So that's where he is wrong. Uh, I think for the BC shoot, which is just kind of like a regional novelty shoot, I completely switched releases and shot um, – what was it, a Scott, whatever the Levi Morgan ball-bearing hinge release was. Uh, you know, it wasn't wasn't fantastic, but sometimes I've been known to, like, switch releases to 
take my mind to a different place and not harp on, I don't know, you, you know, you shoot your release so often, sometimes you get hung up on like the little things, you high pressure, like 10 situations will make you your hands do things that are not exactly what you want. So if you switch releases to something completely different, I'm not advocating you do this. But the reasons why I've done this in the past are so I have a completely different landscape for my release hand. And then I can, you know, simplify it, whatever I need to get that release to go off and then focus on things like aiming, uh, proper tension, pushing and pulling on your bow, you know, what have you. So, you know, my buddy that said that, yeah, he's a little right, but he is super wrong. All right. Any event that I've wanted to win and that has been very important for me that I thought I had a chance at winning, I ran the program. I shot the release that I've been practicing with and I did the stuff that I had been like grinding into my DNA. So anyway, now I'm going to get to the section of the podcast where I brag to you a whole bunch about why you should listen to me. Um, so why? Like why would you listen to me talk about field archery? What are my credentials? What do I know? Um, you know, I'm just a regular guy I'm like you. Uh, I do not have talent in archery. I am – I don't have like a natural ability. Some people are like, oh, you're, they've called, I've been, this, this one cool kid calls me an alien. But the only thing that I've done to set myself apart from competition is work. I've been able to outwork my competition at times. And you can see it now where I am not outworking my competition. I now am like willingly focusing. I try to do like the bare minimum so I'm not embarrassing myself. And that's about it. As long as I'm not embarrassed, I'm cool. I think for the future, I will try to like refine these things, probably not for this year, but for next year, I'll refine a practice plan and, you know, figure out what's more important, you know, the, the more important aspects of training for events. So in the past, I've really leaned on just outworking everyone, which means practicing almost every day, um, like relentlessly after work, uh, or before work and, really figuring out what do I need to do to get things done. And I feel like that gives me the credentials to tell you what I found is important and what I found isn't important. And these things differ for different events, you know, like, do you need your third axis to be dead on for indoor for, you know, for Vegas? No, no, you don't. Absolutely not. So why would I tell you to do that? I'm not, I wouldn't. I'm going to tell you just the things that you need to know. Um, also, a reason to listen to me was because in 2018, that's 39 years after our Lord and Savior, Bobby Eiler, was born, uh, I won the state field championship. Uh, I got to shoot, I got to shoot that state field championship with, with none other than the man himself, Mark Rubio. And, uh. People think Mark's just some safari guy. They're like, I'll, I'll only see Mark at safari events. He only comes out when orange spots pop up. That is 100% wrong. Mark's a field archery guy. He loves taking people's money, which is why he shows up to safari events. But don't put it past him. Like, uh, this dude has, I'm pretty sure, a national record for the NFA uh, for shooting the field target face. And... The, there's three different target faces. The field target face is the white one with the black dot and the ring. Arguably, that is a harder – like I would argue that is the harder target face. I'm sure someone – you know, everyone's got their own preferences. But to me, that just seems like the harder target. And uh, he set that record at Nationals with a 558. That's two down. And that's uh, – you know, he did that 37 years after Bob Eiler was born. Uh, two down on a field face – you are going to be hard-pressed to find many people that can do that at a national tournament. Think about the travel to a national tournament, the pressure you're under, the people you're shooting with who are all cutthroats, I'm sure. Uh, two down is just amazing. And, you know, on a, the arguably harder target face. Uh, 39 years ABE, after Bob Eiler was born, I went and set a national record on the hunter faces which are, you know, I think the hunter faces are the easier faces. Those are the faces I like getting sight marks on. Um, and the, the hunter face is the black target with the white dot. And uh, I, I think I did, I think I did one down. 
Um, but anyway, regardless, uh, another thing I should plug Mark Rubio for is, uh, I think it was 42 ABE. Rubio set three records for the state of California um, in the pro male freestyle category. And I would, I would, I would put money on it that he does it again this year, that he either breaks one or two of those, his own records and just wins it outright. But anyway, it's not the prediction sections. Uh, I just mainly wanted you to know that I'm not some Joe Blow that's like telling you I shoot a million, you know, 40 events a year and I win all kinds of tournaments in California, Missouri, wherever. I'm just telling you I've shot some big, big field rounds. I've done good. And, uh, if you don't want to listen to my advice, that's totally cool. I would, I would urge you to find Mark Rubio and ask his advice. I bet you it would be better than mine. Um, so yeah, I've shot a lot of tournaments. That's all it is. Uh, I consider myself a field archer or an indoor archer. I feel like I got good at archery shooting indoor, but, uh, I was no slash at field. Um, another thing, (laughs) This is going to be a two-day tournament. It is not two tournaments. It is one tournament that is will span two days. <laughs> if you, if you, anyone out there considers a two-day tournament, two different tournaments, you're nuts. And I know this seems like one. Why would you even mention that? That is just basic. It's because I have heard people say that they've shot an exorbitant number of tournaments and then counted. A two-day tournament as such, <laughs> okay? That's ridiculous. This is one big-ass grind of a tournament. Uh, another humble brag, which isn't humble at all, I hold the state, the state aggregate record, which is the highest of your three combined scores. That's your, your field round, your hunter round, and your um, animal round. If you are not exceptionally good at any one thing and you can't make a record at all of those, try to just hit good, like decent at all of them, and you might get an aggregate record. My aggregate record was a combined score of 1681. I have a feeling it will get broken at this state field coming up. I hope it does. I hope it does because there's a lot of good talent coming out there. I won't be there, but I will be rooting for you guys, and I would definitely like to uh, talk about or talk to whoever wins it. Also, a shout-out to my teacher, Big Amy. Uh, he still holds the state record for the hunter face. So this is the state record for the hunter face with five down. He did it in 2014 or, uh, you know, 35 years ABE. His record still stands. That's five down. If you guys think you got the, the minerals to go out there and set a record, it's right there. Hunter record, five down. Uh, that's tough, especially at Reading. Okay, predictions. For this upcoming state field, I smell a handful of records being set just because people are frosty and sharp. It's like a weird weird combo. Usually people are frosty and not sharp, or they're sharp and not frosty. But, man, this year it is frosty sharp all over the place. And uh, thank God Blake Jerome doesn't live in California and he's not shooting a state field because he'd be one of those guys. But uh, for men's freestyle pro, I'm guessing Rubio is going to take it. He might take it unchallenged, but he might also set some records. Um, I think my good friend Bet Crevea will definitely smash for the women's senior class. And then for men's freestyle, I'm guessing um, Austin Watts takes it takes that. There's another guy. I think his name is Chris Gonzalez. I sorry if I got your name wrong, dude. But there and and Weaver is another guy. I don't know if he'll call, come all the way up for this, but those are two other guys that can definitely shake it up out there. Um, I wouldn't put it past anyone to just take it and shatter my predictions. And, you know, if I'm wrong, awesome. Um, with that being said, <clears throat> without me stumbling and boring you guys with humble brags, uh, let's get into benchmarks. So... What did you shoot in Reading? You know, did you shoot what you wanted? Probably not. If you're competitive, you probably didn't. Did you shoot good? I hope so. Uh, if you shot a 1500, or if your benchmark was a 1500, we'll just say the benchmark for you was 1500. Your benchmark for a field round should be a 537 or a 535 to be a little bit generous. Personally, with the way field rounds are shot, 
where you do multiple arrows at certain distances, it gives you more t- more chances to correct your mistakes. So I would say, just for general rule of thumb, 540 is a solid benchmark for a field round. I think you, c- you listening have the ability to do that. And, you know, I'll walk you through it. Um, I've, you know, five... 550 is kind of like where my my personal ba- if I went out and shot right now I would hold myself to a 550 552 I would probably shoot a 548 is what I'm guessing. Um yeah, so I would say most of you should be going for a 540 and that that's per target face. So I'm guessing you do like a 540 on on all these target faces can't say that exactly for the animal the animal rounds tend to trip people up just because it's an animal with a little ring or sometimes a little black dot i'm not sure why sometimes there's a black dot and why sometimes there isn't i just haven't been around the block that long to to tell you why but um if you're going for a 540 uh you get to drop 20 points i guess 560 is perfect so you know, my math is not, you know, it's not the greatest. I went to state college, but 20 points over the course of, what, I think it's 28, 28 targets, you know, that's, that's decent. That's decent. There's going to be some shorties in there. There's going to be 30-yard shots. There's going to be 20-yard shots. There's going to be the 15-yard shots. You, you're going to be good. You're going to be good. 28 targets, four arrows a target is no slouch, though. That's, I think, 140 arrows. If you can't, uh, you know, if you can't do 140 arrows in a day, <clears throat> you're gonna suffer here because that's a lot of arrows. A lot of people talk about, oh, I got 100 arrows in today. It's like word. You should be happy because a field round's 140. I think that's right. Is that right? I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of arrows. Oh no, it's not. It's less than that. But on day one, when you go to the state championship, day one, you're gonna shoot 28 field targets. I mean, this is starting at 9 a.m. You're going to start, you're going to shoot 28 field targets, and then you're going to shoot 28 animal targets. And if you don't straight up miss those animals, you will have shot 140 arrows. That's what it is. So you better be conditioned to shoot 140, all right? It's going to be over 100 on any field field round. If you're going to, you know, even the hunter day is going to be over 100 arrows. So <clears throat> get your booties shooting, and I don't want to hear, oh, I don't have the endurance for this. All right, it's archery. You're not, you're not doing CrossFit. Right? You're, you're literally walking somewhere and standing. So, get conditioned to walk and stand. And so, uh, let's see where am I at my notes here? I'm trying to be organized because I was kind of jumped all over on the last podcast. So I might be too organized. But anyway, if you're actually listening to this, <clears throat> and you're not out fishing. Uh, like I said earlier, the field target is the black dot, black ring, on a white face, and for me. This is just the, the most difficult target because I shoot a black dot on everything. I like to shoot one dot for all styles of archery. And it just I don't know, it calms my brain down. I guess in like Call of Duty or whatever, you can change your reticle. I don't know who does that all the time. I'm not really a, I should say, I kind of suck at Call of Duty. So anyway, <clears throat> getting sidetracked. So if you roll a black dot, sometimes this target can get you. I know a lot of people that actually prefer this target face shoot like a pin like a green pin a pin or uh one of those lenses that are drilled with a little fiber in the middle you know i've never used those but it's not for because i chose not to it's just because i can't afford to i have already spent a a bunch of money on good glass (laughs) and a sticker so that's it and so uh, anyway for this style of of, uh target face the scoring is five four three two one all right if you're shooting in the pro class that x is worth a six so it's more incentive to for you guys to get up and get in that pro class because your scores will just look nicer they just look beefier but um you know you can kind of work it back and figure out what what people shot it's just difficult anyway uh you will shoot and again my math might be spotty but if you're going to shoot 28 field targets I, if you're used to shooting club uh, club shoots, it's 14. You go 14 hunter, 14 field, and then you're done for the day. Then you go drink a beer and bullshit about how bad you shot, I'm guessing. But 
for the state field, it's 28 targets. So it's of just field targets starting. So it's double just field targets. So my math might be a little sketchy, but I'm thinking this is what you're going to have to shoot. You're going to have to shoot eight arrows. And this is – I've never done this before, like tell you or, or take an inventory of how many targets you have left to shoot. But good shooters, like when I've shot with guys, like when I shot field nationals, they would be like, all right, that target's down. We only got three more 40-yard targets left or, or we only got two more 15-yard targets left. That one's down. One more 70-yard target. Or, you, know, you know what I'm saying? These guys have it in their catalog super brain. Like, what? There's like counting cards, but it's targets. I don't know. I'm getting sidetracked. But anyway, <clears throat> you will shoot eight arrows at 15 yards. You'll shoot eight arrows at 20 yards, 25 yards, and 30 yards. And that will all be on a 35 centimeter face. Um, so that's 32 arrows right there. Bam. You will shoot eight arrows at 40 yards, 45, and 50 on a 50 centimeter face. You will shoot eight arrows at 55, 60, and 65 on a 65 centimeter face. So it's a little bit bigger. That's the one we're all we all like to pound at at 60, 60 yards. The big, the big spot, the comfy spot. And then you'll shoot eight arrows at 35 yards, uh, four position fan at a 50 centimeter face. So at 35 yards, you will get uh, a target with a bigger spot than normal, and but the you know the caveat is it's a four position fan so you will have to stand in a different position for each you know each arrow you shoot you'll shoot wait for the guy to your right don't fucking walk into him be polite when he's done shooting you walk forward take his stake and then you shoot all right that's what a fan is um it's another cool thing about field archery that isn't in safari it isn't in uh you know novelty shoots which i guess is safari but what's cool about field is there are four or, or four position fans there's also walk-ups which are cool and um i'll get into the walk-ups now because you also have eight arrows or uh i think it's two arrows each at i think they're they're called is it two position walk-ups um or no no it's the 35 30 25 and 20 foot shots so you have shorties um, I think it's like 11 to 8, 11 to 7 yards. And that's on a 20-centimeter target. Those are the birdies. 35, 30, 25, and 20 feet, not yards. All right? Don't miss this shit and then come back and go, oh, when do I set it for 35 yards because you said no. I got you. Feet. All right? It's feet. 45, 40, 35, and 30-yard 30 50-centimeter faces. There will be a walk-up. And then the big old 80-yard shot, 80, 70, 60, 50 yards on a 65-centimeter face. What's great about this is if you are weak on the 80-yard shot, you only got to do it like, oh my goodness, it looks like twice, maybe more. But if you miss it and you're close, you can get that 70 and do some damage control. You can walk away from the hard targets only down one versus... You know, I think I think they were going to try to change the format so you had to shoot like three arrows from the longest stake, and then you know all these old archery guys were like, "Oh, back in my day, field round was 120 arrows. Now you're making it easier for these snowflake, you know, millennial generation weenies." And then NFA said, "Ah, don't worry about it. We're just going to keep it the same." <laughs> so everyone enjoys shooting a crap ton of arrows. In my opinion. In my humble braggart opinion, the hard targets are the 30-yarder. And um, people are like, why? 30-yard target should be pretty easy. On the 35-centimeter face, that's the farthest you will be. And this is just field round we're talking about because it's going to get different for hunters. Or for the hunter target face, I should say. But that is a tiny dot at that distance. So don't let it wig you out. You know, it little things like that wig me out, and I gotta talk myself down and be like, "Come on, man! It's just five yards from the last one." The the fifty yarders always kind of get me because it's the same deal: longest distance for the fifty centimeter uh, target face. The sixty five yarder gets me because there's no good. It's like why you shouldn't miss this. 
if you practice on the practice range, normally you'll go to the 60-yard target and just pound, like just start drilling the 65-centimeter target face. Five yards shouldn't make that much of a difference. You know, if you were to set me at 65 yards, I probably could not tell the difference between 60 and 65 yards. But for some reason, if I know, if you tell me ahead of time, I'm going to fuck it up. Uh, of course, the 70 and 80s always get me. <clears throat> just because, especially on a walk-up, I really want that point, you know. And I don't get to just... I'm not going to get the dump four hours at 80, so I'm not going to get to fix my mistakes. And so I kind of get that little, ooh, it's now or never feeling, you know? Um, for most of you, you'll have better success at the closer targets, um, but it's not guaranteed. I don't know you personally. I, I really don't, I don't want to, but I would like to help you. Um, for some math, if you hit inside the four ring on these, on all four shots, you will score 16s. Uh, with no fives, that's 16 points. I would, you know, ideally you miss one, you fix your mistake. You can get out of there with a 19. Um, let's try not to do 16s, all right? Uh, I, you know, I, I wrote down a bunch, of, a bunch of math here to try and give you guys the same thing with Reading where it's like, well, if you do the math, you know, you can drop a whole bunch of points and you'll be okay. I'm just going to skip over that. It's not – don't go in there. Don't go into a field round with that mindset. Like I can drop X number of points because if you start missing and you relax on it and you're like, ah, it's good. I got 20 points I can miss. One, you're not going to shoot to the best of your ability. You're going to slack off a little bit. Every point you drop, you should be like – I mean you shouldn't be like, shit. But you should be like, okay, how do I fix that? What did I do wrong? Do I got to give it the side a little click here or there? You know, did I camp my bow a little funny? Did I punch it? Which, you know, ain't really bad. <laughs> and it seems like today <laughs> there's this movement for punching triggers and everyone's like, wah! Okay, so here's the, I don't know if I'm going to start a new section, but we're going to call it the when tip, all right? The when tip for this is get your sight marks dialed 20 to 80. You don't need to do the 100. Don't, don't mess with like this, you, you know, extra, you know, safari nonsense. You just need 20 to 80. I like to get my 20 yard mark on a birdie face. All right. This is a, this is, I should call this an Emmy tip, but if you go to a birdie face and stand at 20 yards, preferably no one's around cause you don't want to like break club rules or whatever, but, um, get your 20 yard mark on a birdie face. Cause then you know, it is rock solid dialed in. And move your sight. If you're off to the right or to the left, this is the perfect time to start one half of getting your center shot tuned in. Go to that birdie mark, click, click, click until you hit middle. Like, don't be, don't settle for anything other than an X. Because <clears throat> I see a lot of people will go shoot their 20-yard mark on a, on a pretty generous dot, and they're like, oh, I'm good. It's like, yeah, you're, I guess you're good. But your marks are going to be, like, not as good as they could be. Like, it could be a yard here or there at long distance, or a yard here or there, a short distance. So you got your 20 squared away. Personally, right now, I'm having really good success getting my long distance mark at 80 yards. If you hammer in that 80-yard mark really well, you will most likely have a solid sight tape. Or, or a, a set of sight marks will be really, really quality. And what's great is if you're using archer mark, archer's mark... <clears throat> um, you can do even more work. Go to 50, which is like right in the middle of 20 and 80. Go to your 50-yarder and verify it. And if it's off even a click or two, one or two clicks, you could then punch that number in and you will have a super clean set of sight marks. And if you wanted to get like mega anal, you could go to like 40 and 60. And you could skip the 80 thing altogether. You go to 40, super fine-tune that mark. And then go to six, you know, punch it in, shot in mark, yes. Then go to 60, punch that one in, shot in mark, yes. For a field round, that set that set of marks will get you, like, some really good success. I, I would bet if you did that, if you don't do it already, but if you did that, you would see an improvement in your score right off the bat. Because uh, I know we, I've talked about this with Rudy on Rudecast, um, the Rudecast podcast. Sight marks... Proper sight marks 
are like crucial. I mean, of course they're crucial. No shit, they're crucial. But having them solid, getting them really in there, there's a level of forgiveness that comes with that. You know, if you're middle middle and you kind of dip a little bit or you struggle a little bit, you'll you'll still hang the spot. Ugh, I hate that that term, hanging dot. Ugh. But you'll still hang it. You'll get it. All right. And that's if you got those really good marks. Let's not forget, you're going to have walk-ups, right? Those are going to be the shorties. Um, 35, 30, 25, and 20 feet. Now, I would bet your sight mark, your archer's mark or whatever, will tell you the correct yardages. But let's not just bank on it. Let's go shoot them in. Like, let's go walk and shoot them in. Punch those in. There's only four of them, so you can punch them into Archer's Mark. And when it says shot in, say no, all right? It'll still save that sight mark. And you could do all four. Bam, bam, bam. You got them. You're dialed. You will not miss on the shorties because you've shot them, all right? No excuses. I don't want to hear them. Save the excuses for your mama. (laughs) And, you know, in honor of Mother's Day. Okay, so here we are. It's uh, Reading. State field championships, you've shot the field round. You're feeling saucy because you shot a 542. And you're like, I did what Wendell said. I beat my benchmark. I'm coming for him next time. I'm going to shoot the you know, 548 plus. Um, and you're starting to relax. And you thought, oh, crap. You see Mark over there sharpening his fangs. And you're like, what? Why is Rubio sharpening his fangs? We already finished the field round. Oh, because you got 28 more. With the animal round. So animal targets are... uh, They're technically walk-ups. But they're walk-ups if you miss your first arrow. Compound archers, please don't miss the first arrow. Okay? Set your sights. Don't drink a bunch of Red Bull before shooting. Everyone hates it when I reference cocaine. But don't do cocaine. It's not an archery drug. Alright? It's not... doesn't lend to this sport. Um... All the animal targets will be 60 yards or under, all right? So everyone that's all puckered up thinking about a tiny animal dot at 80 yards, don't relax, all right? It's going to be 60 yards or under. A lot of big bears, a lot of moose, all right? Um, a hit in the vitals is what you want. It's worth 20. I thought, you know, I kind of had this like vague recollection of it being worth 21, and that might be if there's a tiny dot in the middle. I Like someone else... Ask someone who shoots field archery. They'll clarify, and they'll be like, <laughs> "They'll be like, you should listen to my podcast. Forget this uh, archery unfiltered." But basically, I think the the rule book says a shot in the vitals is worth twenty, and that's the little white. You'll see like a little white ring, sometimes a little black ring if it's a gopher. Um, but there's a ring there. You get your arrow in this ring. It's a sizable. It's a. I'm not gonna say it's huge. But it's a ring, all right? It's in there. You, you, can, you can do it. If there's a little dot and you're shooting for 21s, oh, even better. Even better because it will give you a reference to aim at, a good point of reference to aim at. Um, if you completely miss this target, oh, I should say, <clears throat> so vitals is 20 or 21 with a dot. Non-vitals is 18. So if you hit the animal, you get 18 points. I'm pretty sure that's, that's correct. I, I I've only shot animal rounds like two or three times because I had to. If you completely miss this animal, then this target becomes a walk-up. They scoot you up a little closer, and then you get to shoot for that kill ring or that that vitals ring. If you get that vitals ring, bam, 16 points. You get a reduced score. So come on, guys. Set your sights. Don't, uh, you know, don't shoot one into the dirt. And because and, it's going to cost you. It'll cost you big. Uh, a, good, a good technique would be to glass the target, you know, which means pick up your binos, look at it, identify where that vitals ring is. Most of the time, I'm pretty sure you guys will be shooting them with dots. So you'll be able to see the dot on the animal, and it'll give you a point of reference. If there's no dots, look on that animal and find some point of reference or something to aim at. Um, okay, when tip on this one, all right? Uh, back in 37 ABE, when I was shooting this at Nationals, I was in the lead, 
to win shooter of the year, the NFA shooter of the year. I was like, I was doing battle with this youth, like a younger gentleman named Connor's, Connor Sears. And he was kind of like this big, I don't want to call him a kid because he had like a beard and a mustache, but he was a, he was a big, big kid. All right. He was sponsored by Matthews. He had all these brands behind him. I was kind of like this underdog goofball dude in his 30s trying to <laughs> take this title away from this kid. Right. I wanted that shooter of the year and I was in the lead. I beat him on the field round. I beat him on the hunter round. I lost to him on the animal round and it cost me shooter of the year. That's how much that's how many points this animal round can swing you. OK. Um, and the way he did it was he took a spot hog swap. He brought a spot hog swap with him and 27s. Now, I doubt Connor's going to listen to this because he's got better things to do. I'm pretty sure he's pro now. Um, if I'm wrong, then they were 23s or 25s, and there wasn't a swap. He just had a different sight tape. But in the NFAA, you are allowed to bring a different set of arrows, right? You don't have to just shoot skinnies the whole time. You don't have to shoot your X10s all the time. If you wanted to, you could shoot 27s. And if you think about it, all the animals are going to be 60 or closer. You could play it like a 3D tournament, you know, and just go for 12s or 14s or whatever whatever they say. I don't shoot 3D, so whatever the jargon is. He beat me with this technique. This is legal. And because the CBH is under NFA rules, you could do this. I advise against it. Connor Sears is a smart, smart kid, and he was ready. He practiced this, and he got out there, and he smoked it. Um, the reason why I don't advise this is because two arrows – I mean, we shot the animal round for nationals on its own day. So if you were going to do this right before you start the animal round, you would have to grab your swap, throw it on, you know, put your fat arrows in your quiver if they're not there already, get to the good sight tape, and be ready to go to work. Um and then, like, don't forget, like, don't accidentally load a, an X10 or, a, or an Eastern Carbon 1 and shoot it for the wrong sight tape. There's just more things that can go wrong if you do this, all right? If you do take this path, this dark side, put all your skinny arrows in the car so you don't make that mistake. And make sure that sight tape, you're looking at the right one. Don't look at the wrong one because it will cost you. So, like, those fat arrows don't fly the same. I think also... Fat, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how your bow is tuned, but I'm pretty sure your fat arrows aren't going to hit in line. I think your windage will be off, and I don't think you get a chance to adjust windage in between your field and animal round at the state championship. So if you did this, you would have to know already my triple X's or my super drive 27's hit 20 clicks to the left. And, you know, take that, take that rip on your sight so you are in line. If you do this, you're gambling at your own risk. So I advise against it because I, you know, I want people coming to me and be like, oh, dude, I did the thing that, you know, that, and uh, it didn't work. So I can't, if, if I knew this going into nationals, would I have changed my plan? No, I wouldn't have. I would have still shot, at the time I shot ACEs, I still would have shot ACEs. I would not have switched to a bigger arrow. Just because, <clears throat> to me, the animal target is kind of its own beast. You know, you're shooting for a small dot that's not orange. It'll be black or white. And I don't think a big arrow would have helped me, you know, in that case. Everything I missed, I missed. My arrows didn't miss it. I, I, I fucked that up. And so I'm not going to put that on the arrow. Um, keep in mind, most records are set with one arrow. Most of them. So, there you have it. That is day one, all right? Um, day one is over. You're good. You you uh, you finished. I'm sure you're going to be exhausted at the end of day one. And uh, be sure you rest and hydrate. It's huge to hydrate. And uh, because your next day, you'll go out hitting hard. You, you'll go out hitting fresh. You won't be out there with a headache. You won't be like making excuses for why you don't feel good, you know. Well, you might still make excuses, but you won't really feel bad. I know. I know I've been there, all right? Uh, I think when I shot State Field and I shot against Mark Rubio and Seneca Nunez, Seneca was a beast. 
Uh, I know I've talked about this before. I won't. If you guys want to hear the story, go to Rudecast Archery. Listen to the story I I talk about there. Um, rest is paramount. When I shot this event, I slept in my car. I was going to cheap out and do this on the cheap. So I slept in my car at the range because they allow you to camp there. Um, I got I got stoned. All right. Like, admittedly, I got really high and fell asleep in my car. Um, I woke up the next day. I don't know if you guys know this. Car seats, especially on the Yaris, are not meant to be slept in. They are made to be sat in and, like, driven. If you sleep in a, in a driver's car seat, you will wake up with both legs numb. I didn't feel my left thigh for a week because I apparently slept on a nerve or something. It's terrible. Um... So, you know, I had this intention of splitting this podcast, this episode into two, because we just got through day one. It's 40 minutes in. But I think it's because I spent like 10 minutes bragging to you people about why I'm like the bomb or I was the bomb. I'm not the bomb anymore at field. I will get beaten by a lot of people. So I'm just putting that disclaimer out there now. Work is the key. All right. Um. So, but instead, I'm just going to plow through and give you guys day two, all right? Because day two is going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, day two is the hunt around. My favorite face. Goody gumdrops. 54321 scoring. That's 112 arrows on this face. That's the number I was trying to get earlier, but my math is just state college level Bachelor of Arts math. Um, it's a white target face. Or no. It's a black, black target face with a white dot in the middle. Like, let's not get all political about it, all right? That's just what it is. Doesn't mean anything. One's not better than the other, all right? It's my personal favorite because it's easy to see. Um, here's the deal. Here's the distances. You're going to shoot eight arrows, four arrows per target. Or it's four arrows per target, blah, blah, blah. But because you got to do 28 of just hunter targets, it's going to be double, like I said earlier, of what you normally do with the club shoot or what you do with your homies. Um, if this is, if what you do with your homies is get together and shoot a full field round or a cl- or half field round, bravo. You know, I miss those days. <laughs> those are some good times. If you guys still do that, good on you. I'm lifting my glass of uh, Diet Dr. Pepper to you. Um, so, okay, what we got, 40 yards, the distances, 40 yards at the 50-centimeter face, 44 yards, 48 yards. Those three distances will be at the 50-centimeter face. I don't know why I wrote my notes like this. They're all fucking jumbled up. Let me see if I can, okay, let me start with the shorties, all right? You'll have an 11-yard target, 20-centimeter face. You will have two position walk-ups. That is uh, two arrows each, all right? Uh, that means you'll, you'll step up to the stake. For, for instance, a 23-yard stake, you'll shoot two arrows. You'll wait for everyone to be done because you're polite, and we live in a society. And then you'll walk up to 20. You'll shoot your other two. That's the four, targets, or the four arrows for that target, all right? The reason why – one thing that I, I feel like I have to mention is when I shot – the field nationals, there was this really good shooter. He was a, a youth, but he was shooting in the adult class, or maybe he had just turned 18. He was a FIDA shooter. And for everyone that knows, FIDA is just like you stand in one spot and you blast 60 yards or 50 meters or whatever. And it's a, it's a good style of archery to get good at archery. So this dude was great. They flight you on the third day in nationals. So... You shoot with your peers. That means you shoot with the people that score like you do. So I was with the top guys, the, the top three other guys. It was like Dan Button. I can't remember this this kid's name. He's a, another one of those like big studly kids that you're just like, Jesus, like, I don't even want to fight. I would hate to fight and lose to a child. And um, another guy named Doug. I, I can't remember all, everyone's names, but they were all studs. All right. My, this, this flighted group was studs. And it was second or third to last target, and it was a two-arrow, tar- two two-position walk-up. And we're at the 23 yards, and this kid shoots two and then knocks a third arrow and comes the full draw. And one of these other dudes kind of nudges me, and he's like, well, get a load of this. He is done. Because I think at the time he was sitting in – this kid was like score-wise sitting in third. 
and these dudes were going to let him shoot that third arrow. And I was like, hey, hey, let it down, let it down, let it down. He lets it down. And I was like, dude, two-position walk-up. You almost just, you know, fucked yourself right there, buddy. And he was like, oh, thanks. He still messages me to this day. Hey, dude, how you doing? Thanks, thanks for that. You know, I'm sure he's got way more accomplishments between now and then because it was like you know, 37 ABE and what are we at now? 41 ABE, so 42 ABE. So time has passed. I'm sure he's got prouder of other things. But for a little while, this kid would message me and be like, hey, I remember that. Thank you. And I remember it because Mark Rubio told me before going to nationals, he said, be on it. Don't make mistakes like that. Don't like pay attention to the stakes, pay attention to the walkups because people will let you shoot it and miss it. And that is true. And, you know, my friends that fish are like, eh, it's not important. Bullshit. It's important. Pay attention to the stakes. All right. Pay pen- I'm telling you right here. If you walk up to a 23 yard target on a hunter face, there will be a 20 right in front of it. Shoot two and then two. So anyway, I digress again. On the hunter target, you have the shorty will be the 11-yarder on a 20-centimeter face. Then the the one up from that will be the 23 and 20-yard 20 two-position walk-up, 35-centimeter face. A 19-yard, 17-yard two-position walk-up, 35-centimeter face. 15-yard, 14-yard two-position walk-up. So you can see another reason why I really like the hunter targets is you are progressively getting closer, <laughs> like on every target. <laughs> I love it. Um, I guess on the hunters, the only ones that are really static are the 11-yarder, the 40, the 44, and the 48. Again, the 40, 44, 48, 50-centimeter target face. Um, the hunter targets have walk-ups, a lot of walk-ups. Uh, another thing that I like. Uh, again, the downside of this is if you miss, that's it. Like, you don't get to reshoot it. You don't get to take three more stabs at it. If you miss, suck it up. Figure out in your brain what you did wrong because you're going to walk closer and take your next one. So uh, the walk-ups on a 50-centimeter face will be 53 yards, 48 yards, 44, and 41. That means you'll start at 53. You'll hit that X. You'll go to 48. You'll hit the X. 44, smoke it. 41, shoot smoke again. All right? On the 65-centimeter face, the distance is 58, 53, 54, 45 yards. So you can see the the, the toughies in any of these are going to be the longest one. Uh, 64 yards, 59, 55, 52. That's the walk up on, another walk-up on a 65-centimeter face. They don't go beyond 65-centimeter faces, so make peace with that. That's the big face for you. 70, 65, 61, 58. It's the last of the big walk-ups. There will be four-position fans on the Hunters. That will be a 36-yard on a 50-centimeter face, a 28 and a 32 on a 35-centimeter face. So there will be the Hunter targets, a lot of moving around, a lot of shuffling. I'm guessing that's why they do the Hunter targets on Sunday because it's just going to take longer. One arrow, you're going to, you know, for the walk-ups, you're going to have to change your sight again. It's all this, you know, process. It'll take some time. In my opinion, the toughies are the 53-yard on the 50-centimeter, the 64-yard on the 65-centimeter face. For whatever reason, it shouldn't be, but it gets me. And then the 70 and 65 walk-up on the 65-centimeter face. How do you like? Like, oh, one you put the fear of God in me. Ugh, there we go. Mentioning God again. You put the fear of long targets in me again by saying these are the toughies. How do I get over it? In my opinion, the best way to get over it is to take a day. If you, I'm just gonna assume that you have five days to practice before this event. Go to these distances, and like, take a day where you're only gonna shoot the tough distances, and shoot two quivers full or shoot as many arrows as you feel that you can get out at these targets. And I'm not saying doing that will make you master these long distances. Probably won't. I think mastering stuff takes like 10,000 hours. I'm saying give it two hours or one hour. Don't shoot yourself out. Don't hurt yourself. Don't come and sue me. All right. But what I would do is go to these distances and shoot a crap ton. And what that'll do is when you see these targets in competition, you'll just be more comfortable 
you'll be like, you know what? I spent a day shooting that target at this distance or further. This doesn't scare me. This isn't going to put doubt in my mind. I'm going to get up there and execute a good shot. I'm going to aim and execute. So uh, another, we'll call it a when tip, is that there are a crap ton of walk-ups on the hunter targets. So check your sight. Double check your sight. There, you're going to be doing so much moving, the probability of a misset sight is going to be there. And if nobody, if nobody walks off the field, a state field, and says, oh, I misset my sight, oh, I'm such a dummy. If no one does that, then uh, I'll give, well, what can I give? What do I have here that I can donate to a listener? I can't give weed because I'm not, I'm not licensed to do that. But I'll give you a big fat thumbs up, all right? If no one happen, if that does not happen, everyone that shot uh, State Field, you get a thumbs up from me, all right? Whoever says that, especially if you've listened to this podcast, I think we should publicly shame. And I know that's not a cool thing to do because we live in the world where it's like, oh, you're not supposed to be shaming people for being different. Well, it's like, okay, well, the guy, how about shaming people for being Oh, God, even that sounds bad. Shaming people for being dumb. <laughs> if you Don't misset your sight, okay? It's an easy one. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a lot of changing going on on these hunter targets. Set your sight. Double check your sight. I have a sight tape and in my phone, right? I Every target, I zip my sight to what the sight tape says, and then I use my phone to fine-tune it. That is my process to not misset my sight. All right? Um... Another thing to do, you know, it's just a suggestion. It's not a command. It's something I feel would be good for you, the listener, is to just go out and shoot a field round uh, and take notes. What did I personally – because maybe you're not like me. Maybe you smoke everything far. Like this Austin – my buddy Austin Watts, he will smoke everything outside of 60, you know. He doesn't fear the long-distance stuff like I do. Um. So just take notes. Maybe you're different than me. You know, maybe you smoke the long stuff and the short stuff gives you the jitters or, you know, maybe you don't. I don't know. Everyone's everyone's unique. So if you have the time, if you got a day, go shoot a solid field round and don't workshop anything because the field round takes some time. I think I can breeze through one in like two hours if no one's there, if it's just me by myself. Go shoot a field round. Take notes. I dropped one here. I dropped one there. Uh, you know, I, I shot the fan funny. Something about the shooting a fan made me overthink it, you know? And then you at least have your own personal outline for what you need to work on. Because this podcast, I can just give you general outlines and I can tell you, don't overthink it, you know? I Granted, this pod, this episode, you, you know, I'm kind of overthinking it. But um, yeah, there you go. Don't get high and fall asleep in your car. It's simple, you know? Um, yeah, just take note. Take note leading up to this. Which targets did I drop? Why? Spend – if you have five days to practice, spend one day doing the field, all right, and taking notes. Spend one day on all the hard shit, the stuff that you think is hard. And then the other ones, just do your regular practice. Have fun. You know, get your friends out there. Shoot a little bit. Uh, talk some trash to each other. Make it interesting. And that's it. And then, you know, write to me. Tell me how you did. Be like, hey, man, when your shit helps me or your shit is bu- – you'd be like my, my buddy that fishes all the time now. He, he told, just straight up told me, you're full of shit, bud. So if you feel that way, tell me. I welcome it. I will debate it. <laughs> all right. And so uh, with that being said, you know, this episode is brought to you by my friends at DB Customs. You know, uh, I can't, right? It's not cool to talk trash about the finishes that come from the factory. All right. I get it. It's just not cool. But come on. Is every target bow going to look like it was picked out of a bag of Skittles? The colors are all Skittles, man. Like, where's the cool shit? Where's the OD green? Where's the coyote tan? The burnt bronze? You can't get it. But now you can. DB Custom. Custom coatings. And uh, another cool thing about coating, which I don't know if you care about or not, but you can bolt up an arrow rest to it. And if you're not, like, throwing your bow down a hill, 
it won't chip. It's like really strong. It's stronger than powder coat or, or however they paint these bows, you know, it's cool stuff. They don't do limbs though. So, you know, it's just the riser. Um, I, I love it. I'm trying to get a poll on, I, I got I made this post on my, uh, my Facebook, the archery uncensored, or I'm sorry, archery unfiltered archery uncensored is another podcast. Just so you guys know, um, it's made, I think it's made by Alex Whiffler. Ugh, God. Uh, anyway, Archery Unfiltered is the Wendell Souza podcast, and I'm trying to get a poll. What do you guys think I should Cerakote my TRX in? You know, I'm kind of leaning towards Coyote Tan right now. It sounds like a cool tactical desert thing that I might do. But, you know, if everyone says pink, if I get like 30 people that say pink, I'll, I'll get a Cerakoted pink. You know, it, I'm, I'll make it look cool. Um, Carbon Craft Bars are the other sponsor. Carbon Craft Stabilizers. They look cool. They smell cool. They're, they're light. They're stiff. They will make that newbie stabilizer you're shooting right now look like garbage. Um, they really are good, though, and I've done the tests. On my Instagram, I mean, you're going to you're gonna have to dig through it. So there's, you're going to have to dig through, like, a couple months of baby photos and other pictures of me and, you know, me flexing in the mirror and stuff. But in there, I do deflection tests. I compare the Carbon Craft bar to the Spider Stabilizer bar and the Easton Contour CS. I also did, uh, I think it's called Archery Republic. Archery Republic makes a stabilizer, and I've compared all of them. Um, by all of them, I mean four. I did deflection tests, and then I weighed them. So I showed you how stiff the bar was, and then I showed you how, what you're getting for the weight of that bar. And, you know, ideally, you want a light bar that so you can get the – you want the weight away from you. And that's my personal preference. I know some people that are like, I like the heavy bar because it's more mass weight. And that's a legitimate thing. Like if you want your setup to have more mass weight because it holds better for you, by all means do that. We are playing the sport of what works best for you, all right? But I'll put money on it. A Carbon Craft bar is going to be better for you than most other bars. I have not shot another stabilizer bar. I mean if – like what do you really need? You need a stiff bar, right, that uh, doesn't flex and wobble on you like crazy, that doesn't weigh a ton. This bar checks all those boxes. There are other bars out there that check those boxes, but they're rare and few, and then most of them cost like $1,000. Um, so Carbon Craft, give them a call. Impact Archery sells them. Uh, I think you can order them from West Coast Archery, or you can hit them up on their website. Uh, Adam Ross is the owner and CEO. Uh, he's probably kicking back, not answering the phone, and just watching you guys leave voicemails. So Impact Archery is probably where you're going to want to go to order them. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Riverview Farms. They are a supplier of marijuana. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> they supply me. I, I've been known to partake in smoking. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm, it's kind of not something I come forward with. I don't define myself as a stoner. But, um, you know, I definitely don't smoke before Vegas. Uh, not that it matters. You know, I haven't, I haven't gotten up and gotten pee tested yet. Uh, but it's good weed. It's good marijuana. Don't smoke it and fall asleep in your car. Your legs will go numb. I promise you. And if anyone out there knows Bob Eiler, like, I, I mean, I know he's like middle America and we're in California, but if anyone knows him like personally, be like, Hey, Bob, this guy, he has a little podcast. He said in Vegas, if you drop two, he'll smoke you out, you know, <laughs> smoke you out some Riverview Farms weed. So, all right, guys, that was episode two. The field round, the CBHSAA State Field Championship. It's a little longer than I'd like. I'd like to do these all 44 minutes because the first one felt really good. But we went over. Uh, hopefully I didn't bore the hell out of you guys or I'm not talking too fast. Like I literally just drank coffee. I didn't do it during because everyone said I was smacking my lips and it was annoying. So uh, I hope you guys liked it. I didn't, you know, I, I wanted to make a controversial podcast and i realize my natural state of being is not controversial you know i'm a very peaceful guy i'm i'm probably one of the more peaceful podcast hosts you know i'll never <clears throat> i'll never choke my wife or get arrested for a domestic abuse charge or anything like that i'm just here in my basement playing with arrows and giving you guys the gold all right <laughs> 
uh, next podcast, I'll try to make I'll try to make these consistent. You know, I'll try to do like once a week, because uh, that's what that's what I've heard you guys want. Hit me up on Archery Unfiltered on Facebook. Let me know what you guys want to hear. Uh, my my own Instagram is at Wendeezy. Wendeezy, you guys know me already. Um, I have a Redbubble. I sell T-shirts. The links on my Facebook. Uh, you guys don't.